Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. This is episode 173. We have spun the wheel of misfortune, and we are here to report back on our franchises. We have got a big crew for you today. I'm Liz Williams. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Campbell and Eric Lee from Portland. Hello, hello. As spooky time. Uh, regular Robert Zilbauer coming from DC and back with us from Jersey, the Jersey ghouls, Marissa and Jackie. Hi friends. They are back. Okay. So for anybody who did not listen, go back to June 28th, spooky time, episode 18, where all of us were together and we spun the wheel of misfortune. What that was is I had put together 42 horror franchises and we randomly spun a wheel and each were assigned a franchise. Uh I ended up with Final Destination. Eric has Wishmaster, Robert, Tremors, Marissa, Scream, Jackie came in good with Child's Play and Mike possibly the best or worst. The real winner. The real winner. The Twilight (laughs) franchise. Now, notable exceptions. Why aren't we talking about Halloween? Why aren't we talking about The Exorcist? We already did those on our Ranking Our Favorite Franchise episode. That's right. Go back and listen to that. And if you want to talk about The Exorcist, listen to the Jersey Ghouls. They've been covering The Exorcist in its entirety for the month of October. So I think all that's left and probably out by the time you hear this, it will be believer the new one so we'll find out whether or not they are believers like mike or you know only show up on <laughs> christmas and easter like liz so we'll see <laughs> still two more than we show up yes, for yes. so all right um i am going to we're just going to jump right in we're going to jump it. right in and we're going to jump right in with final destination which was my Ooh. franchise Ooh. so <laughs> Final Destination is the epitome. Here's the first question, though. Have had you seen all of them before you jumped into this? No, I had made it to three, stopped probably halfway through three and said, I'm done with this franchise. Um, But it's fine because if you've seen one, you have literally seen them all. Um, So Final Destination his five films created by Jeffrey Reddick. He wrote the first two and he also scripted the 2008 remake of uh, day of the dead for all you of the dead fans. Um, It ran from 2000 to 2011 and he originally wrote the script as an episode of the X-Files, but new line cinema wanted to make a feature film. So they brought on creative James Wong, who is from the X-Files to help finish out the script. And he said, oh. we want to do for planes and air travel what Jaws did for sharks and swimming. Now, they didn't really need to. A lot of people already have a fear of flying and they just really made it worse. Um, <laughs> so... Wikipedia has summarized the plot of all five films better than I could ever. So in Final Destination, all five films are set around a small group of people who escape impending death after the protagonist sees a sudden premonition and warns the others about a major disaster that's about to happen. After avoiding their foretold deaths, the survivors are killed one by one in bizarre accidents caused by an unforeseen fourth, a.k.a. death, creating complicated chains of cause and effects 
And then they read omens sent by another unseen entity in order to, again, try to avert their deaths. So that is pretty much it. You can't cheat fate. You can't cheat fate. Mm -hmm. You can't cheat death. As Tony Todd will tell you in four out of five films. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get it the first time. You didn't get it the first time. You're going to get Tony Todd. But they all happen in different locations. So he's sort of the wandering minstrel. You know, I did not even think about that, that he is now like traveling from city to city, (laughs) working in different boards. I guess in between four and five, like his, you know, playing was delayed or something. He's like so. the itinerant morgue guy. Yes, he is. He is morgue guy who Every in the first one, one they got to go to, like the wise janitor. He's the wise morgue guy. So <laughs> our first uh, film is obviously the best. This is 100% an example of the law of diminishing returns. They are ranked one, two, three, four, five. Um, the first two are definitely worth watching. Our first one stars Devin Sawa as Alex Browning and Allie Larder as Clear Rivers. And Devin Sawa is on a class trip to France, foresees the plane crashing, freaks out, gets off the plane. And some people have to come off with him who don't want to go, a teacher, the jock. And of course, the plane crashes. So now they've got to cheat death. Uh, So final destination number one, we got a plane. Final destination number two. Major accident on the highway. Final destination number three, a roller coaster is going to derail. Final destination number four, we are having an accident at a like NASCAR speedway. And final destination five, we are back on the road and we have a bridge collapse. Um, that's pretty much it. Then the rest, <laughs> everything follows. So a couple of little uh, opinions from me about the franchise. Number two has probably one of the best openings of any movie ever. That car wreck scene is absolutely phenomenal. It yeah. is constantly yep. ranked in some of the best cinematic uh, car accidents ever. And I think they probably blew the budget on that scene. Um, <laughs> but that starts a, AJ a lot Cook. of that's practical effects. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. a really long scene. It's like 15 yeah. minutes long. Mm-hmm. And then they just throw you right into the rest of the deaths in it's my so opinion, identifiable it I is mean, it, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it, actually that's actually the power of the, the the series is that it puts you in an ordinary circumstance mm-hmm. that you can you can easily place yourself and mm-hmm. you go oh shit that's not yeah I these are circumstances people are in every mm-hmm. single day there's nothing and there's no michael myers or jason Voorhees running after you it's death i'm gonna put fate. i'm gonna put an asterisk there though yeah uh, one, two, three, and five. Sure. Number four. Nah, bro. I'm not scared. <laughs> There's a good reason I don't go to NASCAR. And yeah. Whew, one less. Actually, yours. I've been you know to more NASCAR races than I have been on roller coasters. Wow. And that is oh, one. Oh, so. Liz, we gotta change that. Liz. Um, wow. Learned so much about you. Hey, it's the South. Um, Talladega Nights. They happen down here. Here's things 500. So, um, but oh shoot, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So the second one also stars AJ Cook for any Criminal Minds fans. She plays on uh, Criminal Minds. So as you go down in lengths, you get lesser and lesser known actors. You get lesser and lesser uh, amazing deaths. Number two has my favorite uh, kills because it has the amazing car crash scene and it has the guy getting smushed by a plate of falling plate glass. And it has the guy getting his eye taken out by a ladder, like a fire escape ladder, which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole uh, franchise. So 
now I will rank everybody's Beth's death scene. So number one, we have our plane crash and we have Miss Luton's death. That is their teacher who had to get off the plane. She's looped in with them in her kitchen. And you're just watching anything you think can go wrong actually go wrong. You know, so like many red herrings, kettle, hot water, gas, fire, <laughs> knives left out. Everything happens. Number two, like I just said, the plate glass and the eye impaled on a ladder. Number three, we have two girls getting cooked in tanning beds. So <laughs> that is another reason why to stay out of those tanning beds. And that's so an early 2000s uh, yeah. trope. It wouldn't even happen again. Number four, which is our only movie where Tony Todd doesn't show up. We have uh, one of their survivors being crushed at the gym by a weight machine. And number five in our bridge collapse, we have eye surgery, like a LASIK gone horribly, horribly wrong. And a gymnast on the bars, uh, not that scoring that perfect 10. Uh, it's that's another one where you're watching things happen and you're like, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be this. And they do a good job of actually drawing it out and making it something you're not expecting. Um also, I think the first movie has one of the best and of the like the girl backs up and all of a sudden is hit by a bus. That right. happens now in so many movies where you stand there and all of a sudden the car comes. Mm -hmm. It has one of the best ever where she is just flattened by a bus and everybody's face, including the audience, is Oh, shit. And that was my favorite bus jump scare ever. And number six is in the works after the SAG AFRA strike ends. So why oh. may it never end? I mean, I want it to end, but also there are some 16 year old out there. Buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Supposedly it's going to be HBO. Who's going to reboot. I, I don't feel like you need to, but mm -hmm. hey. as Gordon with most reboots, helm, money mm -hmm. grab. You do. Yeah. yeah. The last one was 2011. So they're like, Hmm. Tony Todd's, to pay rent. Tony Todd's got to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let's make another one. I can show up for five minutes. So Dude, if someone's going to follow me around, though, and offer me like the, the death advice, why not Tony Todd? Yeah. He's like number two Ooh. now on my list oh, of absolutely. narratives in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would trust Tony Todd. If he so said, I. I'd listen. Whatever I do, he does, I'd be like, really. yeah, I'm doing it. For sure. So, uh, <laughs> that is final destination liz would you watch would you re-watch any of these films yes i would watch oh, one, one and two one and two wow. yes. that's it. yeah that's, that's it. it okay uh yeah. as i said prior i had only seen three and made it about halfway through i had never seen four which is called the final destination because it was supposed to be the final destination <laughs> but then i guess it made it just turned out to be a final destination yeah it was just yeah. a right. final another final destination right. two <laughs> final two destinations yeah two final two <laughs> 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 but even the opening scene of number four at the speedway is not great and then they kind of try to have everybody die in like car related things like in the mechanic shop or whatever, but they don't keep that up. And then number five is just absolute garbage. Even the bridge collapse scene is just so CGI. It, it looks terrible. So yeah. it, avoid, but it actually, avoid. I didn't look up where it's supposed to take place, but boy, does it look a lot like some of those bridges in Portland? I will say uh, it's probably I somewhere they, in Canada. Oh, if you look up, a, the classic bridge disaster is the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Yeah. yeah. Which just, they call, call it Galloping Gertie after uh, 
after it it, it started vibrating and um, that. and just yeah. shook itself. Just wind blew it apart Ooh. with cars on the bridge. This is like the and 1940s. And it actually yeah. could be. I mean, yeah. but if you want to watch a bridge movie, Mothman yeah. Prophecies is oh, okay. to no, you, yeah. <laughs> I think Spoiler actually alert, watching yeah. the actual Tacoma Narrows disaster is actually more interesting than right, Final so Destination not 5. not an architecture podcast. Settle down. So, yeah. Ironically, <laughs> um, Galloping Gertie was Jackie's one of Jackie's nicknames in college, too. So that works out really well. <laughs> Oh, it awesome. was the Li- it was the Lionsgate Bridge in uh, Vancouver, BC. Okay, I figured it was uh, Canada. Uh, going from Stanley Park over to West Vancouver. So the I actual bridge used it. in the Final Destination movie, you're saying, Mike? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In this, in the, in the fifth one. It's yeah. a scary yeah. ass looking bridge. Like there is nothing holding that bridge up from the bottom. It's one of those. I'm not an architect. Suspension bridges. Yep. Mm-hmm. But. It's Cable scary. suspended bridge. If I'm only we had an architect. We if could only, have. yeah. <laughs> Luckily we do. Luckily we do. Hmm. Hmm. He did not design the Final Destination bridge. <laughs> I know that. All right. So that is the Final Destination franchise. And I'm going to spin the wheel of misfortune and pick who goes next because I'm looking at Jackie. Yay, yay, child's Woo-hoo. play. Okay. <laughs> So I, uh, I can't say it is the wheel of misfortune. It is the wheel of yeah. oh hell yeah because I landed yeah. on <laughs> yeah. Child's Play slash Chucky mm-hmm. series, which uh-huh. I absolutely love. Um, and yeah. I can say that going into this, I had seen the first seven movies numerous times. Uh, like I said, oh. it's one of my favorite franchises. Wow. Chucky is one of my wow. absolute favorite like horror villains. So I have seen the first seven. I had never seen the reboot and I had only seen the first season of the TV show. Um, so there was some new stuff for me to watch. And I can say kind of like quick skip to the end, spoiler alert, the Chucky TV show is probably like in my top five all-time favorite TV shows. It is so, so good. But I I digress back to, so we have seven movies uh, starting in 1988 to 2017. That's the, like the original set of the seven. 2019, we get a reboot. Uh, that comes from MGM Studios. They own the rights to the original 1988, but nothing else. So they kind of took from that to do the reboot. And then, of course, in 2021, we get the Chucky television series, which is still ongoing to this day. They're actually, uh, they just started season three a few weeks ago. So everything... Uh, that I'm mostly going to be talking about, obviously, is the original seven, that set of seven created by Don Mancini. And mm-hmm. he actually wrote all seven movies, including the TV show, and along with the other powerhouse name with him, David Kirshner, who produced mm-hmm. all seven movies and is producing the television show. Um Don Mancini, David Kirshner, Brad Dorif, anybody connected to the first seven movies had nothing to do with the reboot. The reboot was strictly MGM. They went off in their own direction. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But the basis for all seven movies is generally the same plot. What I love about the this series of seven movies is they have the same writer who has the same vision, but it's broken up into eras. Like I have the original three are the child's play era. And then we get two in the middle that are like the campy era. 
Right, and then the right. two at the end kind of become the spooky, actually scary era. Mm. Um, but everything centers around starting in the first one. There is a serial killer, the Lakeshore Strangler, um, who doesn't actually really strangle people very much, but he's a Lakeshore Strangler. <laughs> and it is Charles Lee Ray. And he is gunned down in a toy store in Chicago in 1988. But before he dies, he uses his... Uh, knowledge of voodoo to pass his soul into the first they're not the first thing but the thing that's right next to him which actually happens to be a good guy doll uh that good guy doll ends up in the hands of young little andy barkley and hilarity ensues because chucky reveals himself to andy and at that point he's starting to become more human he hunts down the uh, the guy that taught him all of the voodoo spells and such. And he's told, well, you have to, you can, you can, you can be a human again. You can transfer your soul into the first person you revealed yourself to, which is six-year-old Andy. So Damn the it. whole movie is a <laughs> I'm series. Small, no matter what. Yes. <laughs> the whole movie is, is a series of Chucky trying to get to Andy so he can ade due dembala himself into into andy which let me tell you what like at this point yeah like i've heard that phrase so much <laughs> over all of these movies jackie don't be just fucking around throwing out voodoo spells in the middle of the show right, i beg of you you guys better be Hurst. careful like suddenly you're gonna wake up and you're gonna hate cheese love pearl jam and you're gonna like what am i jackie what the hell um yeah i'll be careful i will be careful uh but no so so that's kind of the basis of the first movie what i also love uh, about the first movie is um, you have Chris Sarandon in this first one in 1988 playing cop. He's the detective Mike Norris that originally guns down Charles Lee Ray. Um, and so throughout the first three movies, while uh, the body count in the first one is it, there's two, you know, uh, Aunt Maggie, the babysitter gets knocked out a window and then um, Chucky's uh, accomplice, Eddie Caputo. He's, you know, blown up in that house. Right. But really, there's there's not a lot going for him. Um, honestly, I think the appeal <laughs> is just the the personality of Chucky. And like I said, as the movies go on, especially in the fourth and the fifth movie, you get that one liner, that campy, that everything we love in like those. It happened in Nightmare on mm. Elm Street when you get those genre slashers, like at some point they stop becoming scary and they start becoming funny and great. And I'm going to dress up like Chucky for Halloween. Um, part two and part three are that continuation of Andy or, or uh, of Chucky trying to get to Andy to get his soul transferred into Andy. Part two, probably one of my absolute favorites. I love the ending when they're in the toy factory and we have the active toy factory happening. Uh, part three not to be outdone has it in a carnival and you are in a spooky indoor roller coaster at the end where you know we're chucky's trying to get the kid the whole nine uh, i have to say that in the first three movies while chucky is very violent and he's just merciless in his killings the most graphic and violent things that happen in those movies are chucky's deaths chucky's deaths yeah. in one right. two and three <laughs> are so much more graphic and violent than anything that he does, especially <laughs> in part two. In part two, 
He's like burned and manhandled and manhandled by the machinery. And he comes mm, out at one I point with that, yeah. just, you know, arms and legs. <laughs> and then Andy douses him in molten hot plastic. And he's just and he screams. <laughs> Chucky That's is right. screaming in agony. And like, seriously, his his personal his personal deaths are so much worse than anything that he does really to anybody else. Um and so welcome that we jumped on the show and uh, made the the villain the hero and Jackie's now going to sympathize like, with how terrible the name we of are. The little boy <laughs> Jackie, story, little Jackie back there. Maybe, maybe Jackie. they did that as a throwback. Um, so yeah, so that so we have the first three and they are called Child's Play one, two, and three. When we move to the fourth one, it is now the Bride of Chucky. Yes. Um, right. and, and I think Millie. for the longest time, I thought like, oh, they can't call it Child's Play because they lost the rights or something like that, but. It turns out like that's really not the case. Like Universal has the rights to all of them. Um, doing a little reading and research, and I kind of had that like uh, aha moment of when we get to Bride of Chucky and then onward, there's really not children involved anymore. Andy has grown up. Andy's not even really included. He's not included in, in the two campy uh, movies. He's mentioned, but he's not in them. So we've moved away from like the children being the focus Bride of Chucky wonderfully introduces us. We like kind of retcon the backstory because now we get Tiffany Valentine and we get <laughs> all of we we get all of the backstory about how she assumed that they were going to get married. So after the events of the third one, when Chucky is chopped up by a giant fan in the roller coaster, which by the way, it's just like a giant open fan with blades, no guard, no grate over the top. It is just a big <laughs> wide open like salad spinner. That's going to, so Tiffany acquires all of the pieces and sews Chucky back together, mm -hmm. which actually takes his look through the rest of the series with all of his scars and sewn up stitches or whatever because tiffany puts him back together when she finds out that he didn't really want to marry her it is a woman scorned because she locks Aww. him in a cage and she's like i'm done with you he obviously gets out he kills her and haha i'm gonna put your soul into a doll as well so now we have these two wonderful chucky and tiffany dolls she's the best uh, yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, when we get to the camp, this is now we're in the solidly in the camp era. Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky are just campy. It's one liners. And we really start getting a ton of homages to other horror movies. I mean, we're in the, we're in the late 90s here. Yeah. Yes. Or, yes. We are in we are yeah, in the, yeah, the yeah. late 90s. 1990, 1998 is is Bride of Chucky. OK. Um, and and yeah, like I said. Yeah, 1998 happened. is Bride of Chucky. 2004 is Seed oh, of Chucky. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and like I said, let sometimes it, let the, it breathe for a little while. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the homages <laughs> are very blatant. Like in the beginning of Bride of Chucky, we're literally in an evidence locker where we pass Michael Myers's mask and we pass <laughs> Jason Voorhees' mask and the nice. crate from um, Tales from the Crypts. You know, like you can see, or I'm sorry, Creepshow, the, the crate from Creepshow. Like there's oh, all these nice. little homages. Yeah. At one point, there is a death where uh, some pressurized nails get shot into somebody's face and like they have all these nails <laughs> popping out. And Chucky looks at the body and he's like, now, why does this look so familiar? Like there's just <laughs> there's just a ton of great homages. And and again, so in this one, now that Tiffany and Chucky are dolls, they want to be humans. 
But now we have to uh, go back to Hackensack, New Jersey, because the original body of Charles Lee Ray was buried with an amulet. And that amulet is what they need to transfer their souls into human bodies now. Because now we are past the point of who we revealed ourselves and the children and things. Now we just we just need a warm body and we need the amulet. So they make their way to New Jersey to get this done. Uh, And of course, along the way, there's lots of murders. The people that are transporting them are, of course, being blamed for the murders. This is a movie where we have somebody else that randomly gets hit by a truck and essentially explodes out of nowhere. Um, That's always fun. There's a lot of there's like a handful of exploding bodies as we go through, especially in the television show. There's an amazing body explosion in the television show. Actually, there's two of them, but they're so good. But but yeah, they uh, you know, and at one point they're in a honeymoon suite. Um, So, of course, we have to, you know, we have to have puppet sex. Now, it's all in shadows. We don't see anything. But what would two puppets be without, you know, that puppet sex moment, Um, which is the payoff at the end? Because before (laughs) Tiffany dies, we get that jump scare of her giving birth to what looks like just a monster doll baby. Um, But lo and behold, it is it is not just a monster doll baby, because in Seed of Chucky, we have the you know somewhat grown up child of of Chucky and Tiffany, and uh, it doesn't really know much about itself. It has the Ken and Barbie treatment in the pants, so it doesn't know if it's a girl, it doesn't know if it's a boy, but it knows from the stamp on its hand now. that it was made in Japan. So it knows that it is Japanese. Um, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, so it sees that they're making a movie about the Chucky murders. And Jennifer Tilly is starring in this movie. So uh, the child sees this and see like, this must be my parents. It sees that same Made in Japan stamp on Chucky. So it escapes its bonds. It, it goes from England to L.A., and it finds this movie studio and it sees the two animatronic dolls. And uh, the child has the amulet with him from that cemetery from Bride of Chucky. So they're like, okay, um, I guess this will wake them up. And it, they use the amulet to ade do a dembala once again. And <laughs> Tiffany and Chucky Twice. are back. Yeah, Twice don't, don't say that. Three times in Beetlejuice, I think. <laughs> Candyman roles. I needed to find. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that whole—that's th- a very interesting movie because we have Jennifer Tilly playing both the voice of Tiffany, but she's also playing herself. And herself, Jennifer Tilly, has been kidnapped by <laughs> Tiffany because <laughs> Tiffany wants to transfer her soul into superstar A-list movie star Jennifer Tilly, and she wants to impregnate Jennifer Tilly so their Ooh, child. Yeah. Oh. can be transferred into a baby and then chucky just needs to find a, like another warm body to be you know he just wants to be out in the world and again there's some murder The tiffany and chucky at some point try to change their ways because they're like look we're parents now we can't just be killing <laughs> we have to but if, you. yeah it does a parenthood really does change you but you know obviously there's some slip-ups along the way because you can't just give up on a good thing um and at the end of it you know they have they have a very because jennifer tilly gets pregnant but they impregnate her with kind of a voodoo pregnancy so she goes from being in you know inseminated to the next day being essentially nine months pregnant and at the at the ending point chucky realizes i don't want to be a human 
humans get old, humans get hurt, humans die easily. As a doll, I'm like invincible. I keep coming back. I don't want to give up. This life is awesome. And Tiffany's like, no, like I am going to be A-list superstar, Jennifer Tilly. Are they so, still using the amulet at this point or no? Is the amulet well, you know what? It's there, the, but it's a point, MacGuffin. They yeah. have MacGuffin. they okay. have a voodoo for dummies book that comes out oh. in many of the movies. So they okay. just go right to that book for the source. They're real. Yeah, it really does. So, uh, you know, the the child who at this point, Chucky said, well, you're a boy. I'm going to name you Glenn. But Tiffany says, well, I want, you know, you're a girl. Glenda. You know, I want a girl. So it's Glenda. Okay. So throughout the movie, it is Glenn slash Glenda. And uh, luckily, cut. luckily, when Jennifer Tilly gives Do you know birth, if that really is an Ed Wood reference? I mean, I assume yeah, it is. It has to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a, oh, with Bill yeah, Lugosi exactly. and the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was yeah. after Glenn Danzig, and then he didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> when, so when Jennifer Tilly gives birth, you know, she ends up giving birth to twins, one boy and one girl. Of course. Um, the, the child, Glenn Glenda, ends up killing Chucky because he's going to foil the plans. And we kind of get a skip ahead five years later where Tiffany and Glenn and Glenda have succeeded. And now we see Jennifer Tilly, Tiffany, uh, celebrating the fifth birthday of her twins, Glenn and Glenda. Um, so at that point, that's 2004. We then are skipping all the way to 2013. And now we are out of our campy era and we're into like the actual, I don't want to call it scary, but we are definitely in the spooky era with cult of or Cur curse of Chucky and cult of Chucky. I have a quick Chucky question. I know Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky in the first one. Is he always the voice All of, of Chucky? Oh, with the exception wow. of the reboot, oh, he has been. Yeah, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill did the voice the in the reboot. reboot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but with the exception of the reboot, oh. it has been Brad Dourif through the whole thing. And what I find is wonderful in Curse and Cult and then with the TV show, uh, one of our main characters is a woman named Nika. And Nika is played by Fiona Dourif, who is Brad oh Dourif's daughter. Gosh. And nice. it really works out so nicely because at some point she gets the soul of Chucky in her. And to hear her impersonation of her father as Chucky, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh but God. yeah, so now we're getting into the spooky. Now we're getting into the spooky Chucky's. And in these two movies, I mean, we we get more backstory. So Nika is a wheelchair-bound woman who lives with her mother, and a Chucky doll randomly arrives at their home. The mother dies, supposedly by suicide, and when Nika's sister and the sister's husband come, because they're doing all the funeral arrangements, they have a young daughter there. And, you know, once again, you know, it's Chucky. Hilarity is ensuing because murders start to happen. But even in this one, like... <laughs> There's not a lot of one-liners. There's not a lot of campy deaths. Like these are some, I don't want to say they're more scary deaths because it's still a Chucky death, but like people are being stabbed and, and people are being electrocuted. I don't know. Like it's just a little bit grier um, and a little bit more. Meaner. It is. It is like there's chips on the shoulder now at this point. Mm -hmm. What's great is when the movie starts Chucky looks kind of weird. Like, you're kind of like, oh, did they really have to, like, redesign Chucky? Like, he just looks very <laughs> round and plastic. And it actually becomes a plot point because at one point, someone's looking at him and they kind of see, like, a little, like, a skin, like, a little thing to pull. And they pull this little piece of the lip 
And suddenly now all of the scars and the stitching start appearing and they're pe- like, he literally peels away his face to reveal his like gross Chucky face that we've had for the last two movies. So everybody in Nika's house dies. She's left kind of holding the knife and she is convicted and sent to a hospital for criminally insane people. And that's okay. where Cult of Chucky picks up. Okay. And in Cult of Chucky, I think they finally figured out that brilliant plot device that allows Chucky to keep coming back. And what Chucky figures out is that he can kind of split his soul and keep passing it. And now we have all these Chuckies with a hive mind. And now we no longer, <laughs> we no longer Ade Due Dembala. Now we Ade Boku Dembala. And now all of you are me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now, now he can just kind of keep making more and more. Um, and he, you know, basically as long as, you know, he can do it in Chucky dolls, he can do it in people. And that's when he transfers his soul into not only a handful of dolls, but he also transferred his soul into Nika. These two movies also mark the return of Andy Barkley. And Alex Vincent comes back as a grown-up Andy Barkley, who is pretty, you know, um, not well-adjusted because he had a really screwed up childhood. (laughs) And like he he has a Chucky head that he keeps in a safe that he just absolutely (laughs) horrifically tortures. Fine, Um, don't judge. Yeah, and so so, yeah, the the cult of Chucky ends, you know, like the bad guys win. You know, Nika has been possessed. Tiffany is there to to break them out of of the mental institution that they are in. Uh, The Tiffany doll is there. Andy has been locked into a cell. People are all over are dead in the hospital. And we really just end on that note of the bad guys won. You know, we're out. Uh, So that's 2017. The most ridiculous thing. I have not seen past number two. And now oh my I'm goodness. Uh-huh. There's so uh-huh. many good ones. Uh-huh. So in they get 20, good at the end there. The, yeah. In 2019, we get the reboot. Um, and I'm not a big fan of reboots. I, I watched this reboot for the first time, and I'm gonna say that like it wasn't a terrible, it wasn't a terrible movie. Um, it was perfectly fine. Uh I think that like call it something other than child's play, mm. and it's even better. Uh, Mark Hamill is great. I mean, Mark Hamill is an amazing voice actor, so I'm going to like anything he does anyway. This time, instead of doing anything supernatural, uh, there is a disgruntled worker that makes toys. And I saw a comparison to a Treehouse of Horrors where the doll was switched from good to evil. Uh, and that's essentially what happens. <laughs> disgruntled uh, toy maker, you know, in, in the sweatshop gets pissed off at his boss hits a couple (laughs) buttons and turns off behavior modification. So now this, you know, AI doll that's supposed to come into your home and be your best friend. And it's very uh, like Amazon Alexa, because you can tell your buddy doll (laughs) to turn on the TV or adjust the temperature. And and it kind of learns along with you. So it's like, oh, here you go. Don't forget your beverage. Have a good day. I'm your best friend. So now we have these buddy dolls. And I mean, it's generally the same plot where the kid gets the doll the doll malfunctions and starts murdering. Um, there is a scene in a in, in a market because the the next generation of the buddy dolls are coming out and everybody's lining up and everybody's raving and and then you know shit hits the fan and people start dying and and the scene in the grocery in the in the it's like basically like a Walmart 
There's absolute pandemonium. Like I said, it's not a bad movie. Um, I kind of wish they hadn't called it Child's Play. Um, mm. Basically the same plot, just not as good. Takes and on a lot just, of baggage that way. Yeah. yeah personal but, preference. Yeah. I like Supernatural over just kind of like thriller. So, and of course, but I, I did try to be fair to it thinking like, you know, uh, it's it's a reboot. And there are people that haven't seen the child's plays. They have no comparison to there are people that don't know my buddy dolls were real. Right. That is exactly. a real thing, children. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have a my buddy. I did have a kid sister, though. I had yeah, a kid sister I and I had a cricket doll. And cricket was even worse than kid sister because cricket, you put that tape in her back and she was like Teddy Ruxpin and her eyes. Moved. <laughs> yeah. and then oh, have an older, if you have an older brother that takes it while you're sleeping and then puts it on the end of your bed. My brother does this. He put in a Metallica tape and set it on the end of my bed and hit play. So I just woke up in the middle of the night and suddenly James Hetfield is coming out of Cricket's mouth. Uh, but no. So uh, so the reboot, like I said, it, it was perfectly fine. It's nothing I would ever want to watch again. I saw it. I can't say that I hated it. It was just, it was a reboot, whatever. Um, 2021 brings us the Chucky TV show. Don Mancini is back. And Brad Dorff is back. David Kirshner is back. And now we are in, we're in New Jersey and a kid finds a Chucky doll at a yard sale. He is an artist. He likes to make things with dolls and Chucky kind of comes back. <laughs> there's so much, there's so much that happens in this show that like, I need another 45 minutes to talk about it. All I can say is that uh, it's not so much this time about Chucky wanting to transfer his soul uh, he still wants to bring the cult up, but the whole first season is to like make that happen again. He really needs to convince a kid to kill. And he spends so much of that first season with like all the kids at this high school uh, trying to get somebody to kill somebody else. Because once they do that, that's like the last part of the spell. And then we can cult of Chucky this all over again. And there's a easier with this amulet, but this is right. taking a long See, yeah, time. No more, we have no more mention of that. Now, now that one little plot device is gone. We used it. We did it. We don't need it no more. Um, but the TV show has so many callbacks. Honestly, it's tough. I, I would think it would be tough to watch the TV show and fully understand it. If you haven't watched the first seven movies, because there are so many callbacks to all seven movies in this TV show all the time. And there are characters that come back and there are characters that are mentioned. And there is so much death. There is like, if you've seen Game of Thrones, like this TV show is the same where nobody's safe. Like oh. absolutely nobody is safe. Um, like I said, it is still ongoing. <sighs> Seven movies, one reboot <laughs> and a TV show. Uh, it's, it's a lot, but is a it lot. is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like if if you haven't seen all seven of the original movies, if nothing else, Definitely Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Bride of Chucky is just so iconic. Um, and Bride of start Chucky with, is probably start with Bride of Chucky. Yeah, you could start. Okay. I mean, Bride of it's just it's so good. And and for me, who I'm I'm in my 40s. So going back to like 1998, like that's my like end of high school, <laughs> beginning of college era. So it's like to any revisit revisiting that kind of time is like nostalgic for me. Um but yeah, like I would highly recommend. I mean, part two is my personal favorite. Okay. My personal favorite is part two. I love the way so it not ends. Not Bride of Chucky. Start with part two. 
No, that, th- that's my. I beginning. would say if you haven't seen like most of them, Bride yeah. of Chucky is just so good. But my okay. personal, my personal ranking is part two, then okay. Bride of Chucky, then the original, then I like Curse and Cult, part three, and then Seed of Chucky. And it's not to say that Seed of Chucky is bad. It's just out of all the seven, it's my least favorite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, of right. course. So Ooh. I have for those of you Chuck, who yeah. are on, on video, you can see this <laughs> this Chucky outfit for my dog Kirby <laughs> won me fifty dollars of pet food from the <laughs> pet store because he won the costume contest last year. Oh, well deserved. So so like, no, don't kill me, Kirby. I was gonna say it looks like he's about to murder you. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. You should be watching just to see Kirby. Yeah. Right. Dibs on not having to go after Jackie because you know when you're like the kid who's watching the the presentations in class and you're like fuck that, that kid's gonna good. get an A. I know. I know. And I like did it the night before and I'm I'm not going next. <laughs> you know who's going next? We're gonna make sure that uh, Mike is bookended by quality uh, oh, franchises. Yeah. So Mike's oh, going oh. next. It's time oh. to sparkle. It's time oh, to get oh my so, so forks. Oh no. Talk okay. about uh, Twilight. It is. Just, it, feels little, it feels a little about hot. About to start sparkling. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, wow. Yes, uh, all day, Team Jacob. Woo. Oh, goodness. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> For anybody not watching, Mike is wearing a Team Jacob Team shirt. Team Jacob, yeah. It's Team Jacob. Don't Don't worry. Worry. Uh, yeah. No, so, not to the girls. We're like, yeah, we no, get it. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I was completely unawares of the Twilight series, and I stayed away very purposefully for a many, many, but many But you put years. it on the wheel well, of misfortune. I said, I know. no, not, no, well, you not, can't not put it years, on. <laughs> the series has only been around for 15 years, so it's it's actually not that. It's, it's not been around all Jesus. that long. But, uh, yeah, so I watched all five films, and I read the first book uh which is oh, not terrible it's, it's not terrible um here's my super <laughs> duper hot take about the whole thing uh so i am a not a 12 year old girl and these films were not made for me mm-hmm. uh <laughs> these films even though they're only as i said 11 to 15 years old uh they already look incredibly dated <laughs> Like the CGI sparkles don't hold. Yeah, was terrible. Was terrible. Uh, And bonus hot take: uh, none of these films are good. They're all pretty goddamn bad. You never were a twelve-year-old girl, Mike, and it shows. It's showing. Yeah, right now. I know. But here, I'll I'll give you my 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 best to worst list. Uh, So I think so. There's five. There's five films, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, The first is uh, Twilight, came out in two thousand eight. Second is Twilight Saga New Moon, came out in 2009. Third, Twilight Saga Eclipse, 2010. Fourth, Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, 2011. And then Breaking Dawn Part 2, uh, 2012. Uh, so I think uh, it's not quite, it's, it's all, I thought it was going to be one, two, three, four, five. It's not quite that uh, because actually I think the last one is, it's kind of okay, and it ties it up pretty nicely. Uh, but I think the the first the first two are the are clearly the best and most interesting because uh, there's still some tension, right? There's still tension around 
um, you know, sort of teen romance. And that's kind of the the real draw to it. It's is when when she becomes an adult and becomes married and you have Renessa May, the, the daughter and everything. <laughs> Uh, you know, all the all the uh, the wheels fall off. But for those people that are completely uninitiated, this is no more complex than uh, a, a woman who is is drawn to both a vampire and a werewolf. And there are tribes of vampires and tribes of werewolves. That's all I'm going to say, because otherwise the, the plot is incredibly and frankly, unnecessarily complicated mm-hmm. um <laughs> kind of like but, a 12 the, year old girl's life the books yeah. are like Straight 500 facts. pages a piece too these are uh-huh. not yeah. like slim oh, little yeah. novellas these are yeah. big honking books melodrama yeah. yeah yeah so speaking of uh a 12 year old girl i'm gonna give you my uh he loves me he loves me not list okay so first one. <laughs> so excited right now. <laughs> he, he loves me. Uh, Twilight grossed over seven million dollars in ticket sales to so the first one in just midnight showings for Jeez. the opening. <laughs> just I wasn't there. My girlfriends were there on opening <laughs> weekend for sure. Just but midnight we were at showings. The theater you could it, drink at. It eventually we went on to gross uh Three hundred and ninety-three million dollars worldwide. The first one. It sold. This is a lot of friggin' DVDs. It sold two hundred and one million dollars in DVDs. Anyone want to guess how much the whole franchise? So all five, and not the books, because that's a whole other thing. How much? All five have made. I think we're in the billions. Billions. Yeah, we're in the B billions. How many? How many billions? Two billion. Two billion. Yeah. Marissa, three. I'm gonna go three. Getting closer. One dollar. Yeah. Three oh one. I was gonna. I was gonna go about like two, two, two point five billion. Wrong, Robert. What do you got? Jackie's or Marissa's the closest so far. I was thinking three. Okay, you're getting closer, Eric. What do you got? Well, I'll go three point five. Oh, I think Eric's the closest. Three point three point <laughs> three billion dollars. Wow! And that's yeah. between girls, bro. No. That's yeah. right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently. nothing from Taylor Swift. It is that that's right. Girls, pretty much rule. Right. The world. Kristen Stewart doesn't need to work again in her life. No. No. Uh. 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 All right. Those residuals uh, are nice. Yeah. Uh, he loves me, not. Uh, Roger Ebert uh, said that uh, he felt that the movie was a constant, unclever conversation between the three main characters. He criticized the gazes of both Edward and Jacob uh, that that they give Bella throughout the movie. And he noted that the mountain range uh, that appears in the films looks like the landscapes painted by the guy on TV that who shows you how to paint stuff. Uh, first, <laughs> he's coming for your state, Come oh, no, Washington. Yeah, I was going to say, Bob first Rush. of all, yeah. 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 Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you like that kind of thing, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he loves me. These, these are these are great. These are gateway films. I mean, like straight up and down. If you want your 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 family, your friends, your children, uh, to get into horror, there is no better way to in- introduce people to to horror movies. 
uh, without, you know, forcing your kids to watch vampire and werewolf films from the 1950s that they're going to absolutely hate. This is a this is a great opportunity to to pull your kids on into uh, to horror. So uh, in that respect, As you should. Yeah, yeah. Loves <laughs> should be doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, he loves me not. Uh, so um, Stephanie Meyer, the the author, you know, she was uh, she is uh, a, a firm and absolute uh, believer in the Church of uh, Latter Day Saints, and so you will see no alcohol, coffee, smoking, and the sex in the film is kind it's of pretty darn questionable. Uh, several. Outlets have have objected, and frankly, I, I I see this now because it's it's effectively like abstinence porn that mm-hmm. objectifies Bella in the same way that sort of regular porn would. And I thought the thing was really interesting <laughs> was that one, one one writer went and looked at the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and there's like a, they have like a, a list of fifteen things that like if if one of these things is happening to you, you are in a in an abusive relationship. Turns out Bella and Edward checked all 15 boxes. That's that's scary. Team Jacob. Team Jacob. (laughs) That was only 13 of them, all right? Uh, So uh, he loves me. Um, The Twilight series uh, did eventually make it onto the uh, number five spot on the American Library Association's top 10 list of most frequently challenged books for being sexually explicit, unsuited to an age group, and having a religious viewpoint. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is interesting if you, because I didn't actually go into the films with the the knowledge that uh, Stephanie Meyer was LDS and that she had a definite uh, role in how these films were crafted, but in retrospect, after looking at them, you, there's a lot of things you you look at in the films and you go, huh, this is really strange. And, and this is really peculiar, the way this this relationship is working out. And even my I did my 12 year old son watched a number of films with me and he even quickly pinpointed the fact that Edward was off putting, controlling and kind of a bad friend, as he kept as he kept saying to me, and I thought, mm. well, that's that's fascinating to see uh, through the eyes of a twelve year old. And then finally, he loves me not. Uh, Laura Miller of Salon.com wrote that the characters, such as they are, are stripped down to a minimum, lacking the texture and idios- idiosyncrasies of actual people. Uh, she said the twilight would be a lot more persuasive persuasive as an argument that an amazing heart counts for more than appearances if it didn't harp so incessantly on edward's superficial splendors (laughs) (laughs) a hundred percent that's robert pattinson yes yes that's robert pattinson yeah i've I've heard interviews uh i've heard interviews where he talks about you know looking back at it like the films were creepy, like yeah. the way that, oh, yeah. that there's this idolized, oh God, yeah. you know, how how the way that Bella idolizes Edward and and he I think he blatantly calls out Stephanie Myers for writing such creepy, basically fanfic about, you know, <laughs> children in high school. And he's yeah. like, when you think about it, it's and I always had that thought, like, I remember watching it like when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in my 20s at the time. So, I mean. 
being at that age, you know, I was team Charlie, quite frankly, still am yeah. to this day. If the I'm going to pick a team, I'm team yeah. Charlie. Um, <laughs> Charlie's great. Charlie's but, great. Like, I mean, was there, you know what, as, as, as a, as an adult male, was mm-hmm. there anything uncomfortable like watching everything it, yeah. because it's like, oh. it's, it's not your demographic. So like, were there yeah. any moments where you're like, should I be on a list now that I've watched this? Oh, like, 100%. Am I on a list now? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing is, is very strange and off-putting and it only became more strange and off-putting as I started to read all of this stuff about Stephanie Meyer and her relationship to the films. Yeah. The, but I will tell you the biggest, biggest, biggest gripe that I had with the films is that there is not a single fang, <laughs> save for the wolves. The, the vampires have no fangs. <laughs> oh, they sparkle, Mike. Isn't that enough? And, and they, they have Volvos. They have no <laughs> they drive nice cars. And they, they drive sparkle. <laughs> but weirdly, and I don't know if this is, I'm not LDS, and I don't know if this is some sort of weird LDS thing. They don't drink blood, do they? In, in the yeah. final film, <laughs> in the final film, in the final scene, there is so goddamn much blood, and the way they kill the vampires is you have to pull their head completely off, and so for about 15 minutes at the end of the film, it's like, head off, head off, head off, head I'm like, what the hell is going on? Did you just save... Did you save all the violence all and torture no for blood, the last yeah. 15 yeah. minutes of the series? Yeah. yeah. But um, there's no drinking going on here. No. This is family fair. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Until no E.L. James is, came along and fan no Twilight <laughs> and wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. And yeah. that's Twilight yes. fan fiction. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Liz, good, good segue because the way I would end this whole thing on a positive is if you are at all interested or curious and haven't jumped into it, just read the first book and that'll be that'll be plenty. You don't need to even watch <laughs> any of the films. Stay away from instead. Twilight and stop giving it Stephanie Meyer money. I know. If I can just sprinkle a little bit of Jersey goals in here too, yeah. if you don't mind. Just like a little like a little bam, like Emerald. Um yeah. <laughs> and parted by French, but fuck anybody who tries to argue that this is extremely feminist because you know, I, I and listen, I say this as someone who's low-key super into it, and like my yeah. daughters have watched it, and like I, I'm being completely hypocritical, but it is anti-feminist and I show it as oh, anti-feminist 100%. to my children because 100%. the only thing this girl does is serve to you know, be the fodder for two boys and then eventually become a mom. And I'm here to tell you that even though I am a mom, that's not the life trajectory women have to take. So mm-mm, the whole uh, Latter-day Saints thing, the whole like, I'm going to wait till marriage thing, everything about this really grinds my feminist gears. So while oh, and- I will, you know, watch it, sadly. And- <laughs> I, well, I, like it. I know better. <laughs> yeah. And Marissa, sorry, uh, sorry if one of your... Uh, uh, daughters is named Renessa May, but she is actually. Uh, that, I yeah. smooshed all the, all the names together. She's like that was Marissa the other thing I was say, The worst name ever. ever. Yeah. You know, it's the worst name to go along with the worst CGI. Oh God, yeah. CGI. Um, but yeah, she's supposed to have the, like the world's most beautiful baby yeah. in the books. It's written that yeah, Renessa so is the most beautiful baby, and when you watch the movie, it is the 
scary well, as shit. It, it's yeah. scary. Terrible it's like Megan before Megan. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like least... what she looked like. <laughs> yeah. My joy it's... in life is that both of my daughters were just like, this is cringy. And those guys, they're totally simps. Like, this like, is gross. Thank like, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a like, good, you are a good parent. Excellent. You are a good parent. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, oh, Jacob. And they're like, this I know. Is same. I was in the theater <laughs> seeing it. I was like, am I allowed to like him? And my friend next to me, she's like, oh, yeah, he's 19. We can look at him. I was like, thank you. I, 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 I,